0: listening to sermons from South Point Locust Grove, where we are equipping the family of God for the mission of God, to see everyone around us transformed by the gospel of Jesus. For more information, please visit southpoint.org. Friday is the time that we come to remember the death of Jesus Sunday resurrection Sunday Easter Sunday we celebrate his resurrection but before there is a resurrection there must be a death Uh, Jesus Christ the perfect sinless son of God uh, died on Good Friday for my sin and your sin in our place he defeated it completely we can be set free we no longer have to be slaves to sin if we trust him we no longer have to have sin clinging to us and dominating us and controlling us and the fear of eternity separated from a holy God the fear of hell because Jesus Christ died and paid for sin and if you will trust in him tonight your sin debt can be paid we're in Luke 15 Um, we've been going through the gospel of luke and it just would happen to be that um, friday night and sunday morning we're going to be in luke 15 we'll cover the whole chapter and uh, luke 15 is carrying on with the uh, celebration or the banquet motif or the party motif it's it's thematic throughout the whole thing jesus goes to dine with these people and then he begins to give these illustrations of this great banquet that's going to be thrown and there are these people that were supposed to come to the banquet who didn't want to go to the banquet so jesus goes out and he invites everybody to come to the banquet and when we come to john or excuse me luke chapter 15 we see jesus now being hawked by the pharisees They're just looking for something wrong. They did the same thing in Luke 14. They're going to do the same thing here in Luke 15. And when we come to the end of Luke 15, we see the son who refuses to celebrate the very work of God, who can't celebrate the grace of God, who can't celebrate the lost being found. But when we come to chapter 15, we begin to see Jesus fleshing out Everything that he's been illustrating as he's talked about a party and now these tax collectors and sinners are gathering with him And so tonight we're going to look at luke 15 1 to 10 It says now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him That's a beautiful statement (laughs) This is a beautiful. This is a beautiful passage If I had a favorite chapter in all the bible, it would be luke 15 The tax collectors and sinners are drawing near to hear him And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. That's an accurate description of Jesus. They have observed rightly, but they're using the thing that they're observing rightly as an accusation to disparage Jesus. How foolish must they be? Verse 3. So he told them this parable, and the parable has three parts. It is a parable about the lost sheep. There are are 99 and one, so there are 100 sheep. One is lost. There are 10 coins, and one is lost. And there are two sons, and one is lost. And so Jesus is giving us this one parable that's broken up into three parts. The early church said that this parable represented God the Son, God the Spirit, and God the Father. Um, I'm not saying that it's saying that, but many believe that. In the text, here's what we see. Jesus receiving sinners. The word received means that you're you're uh, associating with, you're identifying with. It, it tells us that there are these meals. And so Jesus is inviting these people to come have a meal with him or he is having a meal with them. And while he enjoys that meal with them, that is the equivalent of doing life together or sharing life or giving your life for others. So we see that picture of the gospel as Jesus receives sinners. This man receives sinners and eats with them. But then the the second thing we see in the text is Jesus knows these critics are attacking him and so he responds to the critics. And he expounds on verses 1 and 2. And the first thing we see right out of the shoot is this, that Jesus identifies his role as that of a shepherd. Jesus identifies his role as that of a shepherd. Jesus didn't come as a king jesus didn't come as a prince jesus didn't come as some um, great religious leader of some great organization jesus came and identified with the lowliest of the lowly jesus came and identified with the blue collar people jesus came in humility jesus came as someone who was unimportant jesus came as someone who was disrespected jesus came as someone who could relate to tax collectors and sinners now I don't know where you are in this text. Maybe you're a Pharisee and you don't need a Savior. Maybe you're repulsed by a Savior who would hang out with tax collectors and sinners. But if you're a tax collector or a sinner like me, this is good news. Jesus comes as a shepherd. In fact, as we understand scripture, Israel's working definition of God is that of a loving shepherd. We've heard it before. The Lord is my shepherd. And even when we turn to Psalm chapter 80, verses 1 to 3, listen to this in Psalm 80. It says, give ear, O shepherd of Israel. You lead Joseph like a flock. You who are enthroned upon the cherubim shine forth before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh. Stir up your might and come and save us. So the picture of God for Israel was a shepherd who would come and save. We can see it in Isaiah chapter 40. Again, it says in Isaiah 40, 11, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. This is a picture of God. God is a shepherd. And we see the same thing in Ezekiel chapter 34. And we come down to, um, I'll begin in verse... Number 11, for thus says the Lord God, behold, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out as a shepherd seeks out his flock who he is among his sheep that have been scattered. So will I seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from among the peoples and gather them from the countries and I will bring them into their own land and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the ravines and in all the... and. In, in, inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. They shall lie down in good grazing and on rich pasture shall feed on the mountain of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. I myself will make them lie down declares the Lord. I will seek the lost and I will bring back the starved and I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong I will destroy and I will feed them in justice. So we see almighty God identifying himself as a shepherd. And as we come to this text in Luke chapter 15, as we look beginning in verse number three, we see there are three things that a shepherd does. And I want to talk through them quickly as it relates to Good Friday. Look at verse three. So he told them this parable. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country? And I would say the 99 are the Pharisees that don't think they need a shepherd to start with and go after the one that is lost. Jesus is sitting here with the tax collectors and sinners, the lost. He's going after the lost. And when he found it, he laid on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner that repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. I hope you come to this place tonight as a tax collector or a sinner sinner, and not one of the 99, not one of the Pharisees that needs no repentance. What about this shepherd do we see? Three things about the shepherd. Number one, the shepherd seeks. The shepherd seeks. Someone has said that, that we all come into the world looking for someone who's looking for us. And I want to tell you that Jesus is looking for you. Jesus came to seek And to save the lost, the shepherd seeks who's lost. All 100 of the sheep are lost because Isaiah 53 says all we like sheep have gone astray. Every one of us has turned to our own way. Every one of us sits here tonight, whether we recognize it or not, perhaps we're self-righteous or perhaps we recognize that we're tax collectors or sinners, but all of us is lost. All the sheep are are lost. A lost sheep, quite frankly, sheep do not have a GPS system. Sheep don't know where they're going. Sheep don't know what they're doing. Sheep don't know how to find green pasture. Sheep don't know how to find water. Sheep don't know how to find their way back home. They become disoriented. They become um, um, desensitized. They become defenseless. And ultimately, they end up being devoured. The truth of the matter is that sheep have no hope apart from a seeking shepherd so as we look at the shepherd tonight the text is telling us that he is a seeking shepherd who finds what he is seeking for that's good news tonight he is a seeking shepherd secondly the text is also telling us not only that the shepherd seeks but that the shepherd saves if you look at the text and when he has found it he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing The shepherd not only seeks, but he finds what he is seeking for, and he takes that which is lost and disoriented and can't find its way and has gone astray, and he picks it up right where it is, and he throws it across his neck, and the shepherd can feel the sheep breathing. He can feel the breath of the sheep as his head is right here resting on him. He can hear, he can feel his heart beating he can feel the warmth of his body there is this picture of intimacy as a shepherd saves the shepherd seeks and the shepherd saves and he is strong I love the verse that says, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Sin, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound because of the strength of the shepherd, because of the power of his death. His death was sufficient to pay for the sin. There is no sin that you have that is too great for the death of the shepherd to cover. He is strong and he saves. He can pick that sheep up that could weigh up to a hundred pounds and put it on himself and carry it back to safety and bring it back home. The shepherd takes the burden of the lostness of the sheep upon himself. John chapter 10 and verse 10 and 11 tells us the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So the shepherd leaves the 99. He goes after the one, seeking that one, risking his own life. And in fact, we know giving his own life, but God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And the shepherd then lifts that sheep up and lays him on himself and takes the burden of the lost sheep upon himself. The shepherd saves. He shoulders the burden of our salvation. Psalm 28. Um, If you'll just give me a second while I find my way to Psalm 28. 28 and verse number 9. Listen, listen to what the psalmist says. Oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. The shepherd seeks, but the shepherd also saves. Melanchthon said this 500 years ago. He said, interwoven in the text there is, and I quote, a, a sweet signification of the passion of Christ. He places upon his shoulders the sheep he has found. That is, he transfers to himself the burden of us. Our iniquity has been laid on him, according to Isaiah. And in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 24 and 25, He makes it clear, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. The shepherd seeks. He's seeking even now. And the shepherd saves and he saves by dying our death in our place. He becomes sin for us who know no sin that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And, and I love this. I love this word at the end of verse 5, the word rejoicing. The shepherd sings. The shepherd takes that sheep and all of his weight and all of his lostness and all of his waywardness and all of his dullness of senses and all of his inability to find his way home or find his way to God and he takes that sheep and he puts it on himself and he's walking back through ravines and walking back over mountains and walking through treacherous territory and doing everything that he can to protect this wayward sheep and he's singing all the way He's not thinking about the weight. He's not thinking about the burden. He's not thinking about the price that he's paid. He is rejoicing. He is singing all the way home. We see the joy that Jesus has in bringing us to God. No one enjoys the salvation of a sinner any more than Jesus does. And I think we lose sight of that. What we see in the text is the joy of God in finding what is lost, look at verse seven. And Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. I wonder what that looks like. I wonder what that looks like. Uh, I've heard, I've heard uh, us as church folks described as somebody who drank pickle juice and swallowed a curtain rod, you know, we'll get excited over a football game, right? We'll get excited over a lot of stuff, but we don't think too much about the salvation of the lost. And how we should rejoice. But it tells us in the text that the Lord rejoices. And if you'll go down uh, to the next section of the lost coin, and I'm not going to cover the the whole thing. He says, just so I tell you, verse 10, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. I wonder what that looks like. I wonder what that looks like. Think about it for a second. Because there's a description in the text. There's a description in the text. If you will go to verse 23, we'll cover this Sunday. And bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Wow. Sounds pretty alive, doesn't it? His older son was in the field, verse 25. I don't think he was too happy. He was probably very stoic. He didn't understand what was going on. He didn't understand what it was like to be lost and in need of repentance. He didn't understand what it was like to be away from home or away from the shepherd. He had been there the whole time and he thought he was okay. He is a Pharisee. But as he drew near to the house, as he drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. Why? Because There was one who was lost who had been saved. There was one who was in sin and had been redeemed. There was one who was in sin and had come home. (laughs) He heard the beat of the music. He heard the rustling of feet on the floor as people were celebrating. And he called one of his servants and asked what these things meant. He obviously was upset. Look at verse 32. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive and was lost and is. Found There should be no greater celebration than when the gospel is proclaimed and experienced. There should be no greater party when we repent of our sin and we come home to God and we are in relationship and in fellowship with him and in this picture that we see and in reality and all of scripture when we are in relationship and in fellowship with each other. And so there is this, great party don't miss the fact that there were those looking at this very thing who could not who would not celebrate the very things that brought joy to the heart of God beware beware on Good Friday do not do not miss the implication the clear teaching of the text You and I are in danger if we have gotten over what it means to be saved. And you and I are in danger if we have gotten over what it means to be lost. And you and I are in danger if we've gotten over what it means to reach those who are lost without Christ. Not only does he seek and save Luke 19.10, but he sends us into the world to proclaim good news to those who don't know Christ so that the celebration can continue. I want to close with... This story that I read in, uh, in Philip Rikens' commentary. Philip Rikens, the pastor of 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia. And um, he said that um, he learned of a pastor named Philip Nasser in Toronto, Ontario. And Philip Nasser was preaching in Persian to an Iranian congregation during the summer of 2004 and uh, Pastor Nasser was troubled by the fact that one of the women in the church was talking on her cell phone during the worship service. At first, he thought it must be some kind of emergency, but when it happened again the following week, he was even more disturbed. Nasser invited the woman to his office to confront her about the ongoing distraction. Pastor, she said, I already told you. My husband is in Iran, and he's very interested in how I became a Christian because of listening to you. This still did not explain the cell phone, but when the pastor asked for a further explanation, the woman said, here's what she said. I I bought a calling card, and I call my husband in Tehran so he can hear you preaching. He puts the call on the speakerphone so my mother and sister can hear too. They have been inviting other friends and family over, and for the past three months, they've been listening to you preach. More people come every week. I'm not talking on the phone. I'm holding it up so they can hear your message about Jesus. Needless to say, Pastor Nasser invited the woman to sit on the front row. And as he preached on the love of Jesus for the precious children... At the end of the service, he asked if anyone wanted to pray to receive Christ. Suddenly, the woman with the cell phone started to shout, "My husband, my husband, my husband got saved. My mother and my sister want to come to the Lord too." Reichen closes with this: Even if he does it over a cell phone, halfway around the world, Jesus is looking for lost sinners. He's looking for them every time somebody preaches the gospel. He's looking for them right now. I pray he will find you because I know that when he does, you will rejoice. So will the host of heaven. So will Jesus. And it's all possible because of the death of Jesus Christ and his payment for our sin. I'm going to read Matthew 26 and then invite you to come and remember the Lord by partaking of the bread and the juice tonight. Matthew 26 and verse 26. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing, it broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. We've come tonight to remember the Lord. We've come tonight to remember him in the means that is prescribed in Scripture, by taking juice and by taking bread. If you don't know the Lord, you have heard the gospel and he is seeking you through the proclamation of his word. And I invite you to come to Christ tonight. If you do know the Lord, I invite you to continue the celebration. Let the party continue. It should never end as we celebrate his finished work for us on Good Friday. I'm going to pray and then invite you to come. Father, we ask you to bless us now as we take a minute to lift up our heads, to lift up our eyes, to look beyond all that weighs us down, to look beyond all that distracts us, to look beyond all that deceives us, and let us look to the cross. And let us look to the death of Christ. Let us look to his shed blood. Let us look to sin's payment settled. Let us look to life. I pray if there's one here that hasn't passed from death to life, that they would do so tonight, that they would trust you as you seek and as you save. May our soul sing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.